It's really unfortunate that well, you get forced yeah. into that position, though. I forget what JJ's farming. It's like harvest time or whatever. So he <laughs> took the week off to do his farm and his, help his grandpa and his dad do their farms, right? So I'm over here manning down the fort with the other two heathens on our shift. And they gave me a hell, yeah, a hell of a night last night. They didn't want to fucking do anything. I didn't want to fucking do anything, but shit needed done. And finally, I was like, "Fuck it, we won't do anything big, but we got it. We we're gonna do this at this time." And they're like, "Okay." And then that time rolls around. They're both like, "I gotta take a shit." And then it's that time. I need to milk the clock just a little more, man. Plus forty-five minutes. It's like, dude, you just had you were just coming off lunch. Like, we just had a break. (laughs) Uh, Have to shit till then. Now I have to shit. So it's like, it's now forty-five minutes. Let's say it's one o'clock. It's one forty-five now, and I've already done my portion or whatever, and they're just now getting out of the shitter. And they call me into our like break room, control room, whatever type area just to tell me I'm a bitch. And it's like normally I would just be like, fuck you guys and walk back out. But I was like, I just, I don't know. <laughs> it just rubbed me the wrong way. And I was like, I was like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> I was like, it's like 45 minutes after what we're supposed to be doing. My shit's already done. And you, you pull me away from doing something else to bring me in here and call me a bitch. It's like normally I wouldn't give a shit. I'd tell you to fuck off, and we'd go about about our business. I was like, "What are you fucking doing?" And uh, then uh, the one dude was like, "You need to chill out, boss man." And I was like, "Because I'm not the boss, JJ is." Yeah. And I was like, "Look, I was like, we can either go do this, or like we can, we can go like mop the floor or something. I'll go get the power washer out. We can do something big if you want." And then they like got all butt hurt and went and did their thing and no one talked to me for a couple hours. I literally like I was the boss that just came in and was an asshole and now they got like I don't get paid for this to do this. Chill out, boss man. That's funny. Like he's trying to be intimidating or something. Uh-huh. And then uh, I, I, I don't want to like put him on blast on the podcast, but there's so many layers to mine and him's relationship, like tell you off air. But uh, after they were done, he walked up to me. He's like, you can go home. And I started <laughs> started laughing. He's like, no, really, you can go home. It would just be better if you're not here. I'll clock you out at six. And I was like, that's super tempting. But no, no, I can't do that. <laughs> this is the guy who calls you boss, man? Yeah, yeah, it is. He, he does that. That's just his personality. He's an alpha male. I'm, I'm that guy. I'm about that life. I'm built different. Yeah, one of those. But like, I, I, dude, he's like my stepbrother or whatever. So like, I have this endearment towards him and like special kind of annoyance. We grew up together, but like also like, I'm not afraid of him. He doesn't like, I just, cause like, it's like when he like puffs his chest out, I'm like, dude, I remember when you were like eight years old and how you used to act. Like we're... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> chill out <laughs> chill, like, chill out <laughs> go do your job <sighs> yeah but long story short JJ has to buy me lunch because I had to do his job all week that's the least you can do I think um... also dude shit's been fucked this week we had like the plant was just fucked we had contractors and electricians in and out all week trying to fix shit 
and I'm dealing with I'm dealing with this, and JJ's just playing farmer, living his dream. Awesome. Imagine how Florida feels. <laughs> just imagine how Florida. Compare your problems to a hurricane, okay? You don't seem that bad, do they? <laughs> I'm sorry. Were you displaced by record flooding in this area of the part of the United States? Um, no? Well, then you can go fuck yourself. That reminds me. Uh, my dad's company is a condo down there, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, someone canceled their trip, so he was able to snag up a spot this week. It's coming, it's coming up week. And then fucking hurricane came through and devastated everything. So, so, so now he went from a free trip, but he's like, "Fuck it, I already took time off work. I'm still going." But now I just gotta pay for it. It's rough, isn't it? I love discussing our first world problems. They seem so Dude, big in so our minds, funny? but then they just shrink when you put, when you <laughs> actually put it comparison. in perspective. It's just like, oh. Yeah. Oh, I guess it's not that. Oh, you had a bad day at work? I'm sorry. Is your house under 10 feet of water? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm only laughing because yeah. it's so true. Like, it's... No one no one carries any perspective on how privileged they are anymore. Part of it's... living in the future, baby. Yeah. They tell white people to check their privilege all the time. I tell everyone to check everyone's privilege because... Regardless if you feel marginalized or not, you have it better than like eighty percent of the world. Just being here. Isn't yeah. that crazy? And Holy you know, poop, dude. And that's tough considering how not okay it is in certain parts of this country. Isn't it? Yeah. I think I think it's like I think there's more nuance to it than that. I think the majority of this country is better than the majority of the world. <laughs> I feel like there no, are no. Everyone likes to focus on the negative, though. We're all pessimistic. No, I. But I mean, I feel like there are parts Cynical. that are really bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you know, but like most of it, like eighty percent of the country is you're better off than where yeah. you would be. Yeah, for sure. Most places, but people look at the small. They're small, but they're big. But it's like universal health care, which would be great, but like. Um, would you rather have universal health care or be a world superpower? I think yeah. like, like that's the joke you see right now is like Russia's about to find out why we don't have universal health care. Yeah, I've seen a couple of those videos. But um <clears throat> I mean there sure. are you know, everywhere lacks in certain places. And also oh, yeah. it's like and you know, a lot of the top rated countries in the world are small. It's like it's they're small, to... they're low population, that's they're what I mean, like they're very social. They're very socialist because they are such small populations. And they're social not... socialism gets easier the smaller scale it is. It becomes a problem when you try and, I guess, yeah, inject it into a, a democratic republic. So. Also, like I think we forget a lot as Americans, and this is not. I don't know how to say this right, but like a lot of countries are very like I don't know. There's like one major nationality, like you know, like America is the melting pot. So we have a slew of different cultures and different people with different needs that we have mm-hmm. to try to meet everybody's of compared to, I don't know, like eighty percent of the population being whatever the home ethnicity is. So let's say it's Finland, eighty percent of them are Finnish people with relatively similar needs and wants and 
cultural and ethnical. Yeah, I mean, you uh, think about like, like you think about just a singular hospital and a singular town and a singular city. I mean, it's like that one hospital, regardless of who walks through their door, they cannot deny health care to whether they have insurance or not. They're not going to be denied care. Unethical, like one, one, just tell one, them you're homeless. <laughs> Can you prove it? <laughs> where, where, you I just, don't have an address. Sorry. You just you just show them the spot under the bridge that you've been chilling. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but there's also like um religious uh, requests and like things you got to tiptoe around as well, like. It might not be, it might be like against someone's religion to do like a certain type of treatment. So you have to figure out like alternative treatments. You have to basically give special accommodation to people based on their religion. Um, on a more first privilege. I, never mind. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. Because like, and, uh, like and I'm not, and I'm not saying it to like sound racist or no, no, I know, but like, I'm just saying like that's a thing. And that's something that you have to take into consideration. Like when you require special accommodation beside, you know, outside of what the normal treatment might be, I mean, deviating from that standard has to cost something. So, oh, you're dying. Interesting. Yeah, sorry, I had to blow my nose and then I coughed. Yeah, <laughs> I just looked down and I'm like, oh, he did. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. I don't know. USA. Yeah. I think it's okay to be critical. There's like regular old criticism and then there's just blatant hatred. And the worst country. And a lot of like modern day, I feel like younger people just don't understand it. And that's fine. It's not fine, but it is it's what it literally, is. Literally, it's, it's the shift. You know, it's the full generation after 9-11. So, like, everybody before has even, like, just a small amount of that patriotism injected into their blood from that event. And that's not there anymore. And, you know, like, generations shift. Like, the parents are X, so the kids are going to be Y. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, more... Not to say that we are all, like, pro-government or whatever, but definitely a more patriotic, like, sentiment. Definitely older generations would put that, like, describe yourself in 10 ways. Older generations would put patriotic higher on the list. Yeah, for sure. It's just, uh, I don't know. Yeah, bonkers. It's too much to think about right now, so, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome. For a cold open. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yep, welcome to Unwise Analysis. It's me and Nick, your hosts, here bringing you our hot and cold takes. Uh, one thing, if you guys are listening to this anywhere except for Spotify, leave a review. That'd be super great for us. Very helpful. And if you think we're good enough, tell your mom about us. Tell a friend. Word of mouth is super great, and we appreciate it. Thanks. How are you doing tonight, Nick? I just have a Red Bull. I'm feeling very philosophical. That's very good. I love that for you. I can see it in your eyes, honestly. That mm-hmm. thousand yard stare, yeah, into the distance you have, right yeah, now. yeah. There's things, there's things that work inside my body that are making me this things way. Are happening. There's chemical reactions, neurons firing, 
there's specific uh, receptors throughout my body and in my brain that are interacting with chemical substances right now, um, which is a really scientific way of saying I'm on drugs. Would these chemical substances have imprisoned, imprisoned, imprisoned a man such just like a, yourself? Just, just 20 or um, 30 some years ago? Yes, yes, yeah, it would. Really? Yeah. So, um, not anymore. Our big boy Biden, he's pulling some midterm fucking Hail, it's ha- a, it's Hail, Hail Mary. Hail, Hail Mary's, yeah. yeah. Was okay, like, question. Was there a video speech of this? I didn't yes, see. Yes. Or is it okay? So it wasn't just dropped on Twitter. <laughs> no, <for> no. <laughs> there was a yeah. There was a whole ass like pre-recorded video. I'm assuming he said basically what he said in his tweets because that's what I. Said. Yeah, I mean it probably has a little, a little bit more uh, stuttering in it, but uh, that's yeah. fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> the tweet um, is much easier to get through. In this yes, game. yeah. There's a lot less stuttering on Twitter. Uh, Could you yeah, imagine the, if they the inserted say, uh, corn pop, cake pop at all? Yeah, right. Um, so high overview of the importance of that entire little spiel, regardless of it being a hail mary for midterms and reelections and whatnot. Um, the importance of it is that at a federal level now we're seeing recognition of the absurdity that marijuana has existed under for uh, several decades now. And nowhere in here does it say legalization though. <laughs> no, 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 that, uh, no. It's more decriminalization. No. Yes, there's steps. there's steps. Yeah. And he's But any any progress is good progress, right? Yeah, I mean, so basically, if you have a minor felony offense between 92 and 2020, you just got pardoned, which I think comes out to like 6,000 some odd people. It's what not about it before huge. 92? Um, that would be undermining all the work of Reagan and um, <laughs> LBJ, Nixon. Ford, well, <laughs> it'd be undermining their war. It'd be, anymore. it'd be undermining their war on drugs and admitting they were wrong about something, which they admit that Look, they're wrong I'll, now. I'll be the first to say it. Drugs, drugs won the war on drugs. I'm oh, it's more than one. It's taken over. Um, but at any rate, so I mean, yeah, you've you've got you know, um, a handful of pardons at a federal level on there. He did admittedly urge um, governors to do the same on a state level, but I I highly I doubt we'll see that in red yeah. state, a lot of red states, I should say. I think if you're a red state with recreational or medical active in your state, <laughs> Ohio, um, and, you know, several other states, I would say it would be asinine if that step hasn't already happened. If you haven't already expunged people of, you know, minor marijuana, you know, um, convictions, then what are you doing? Right. I mean, yeah, it's like if like if you're in jail for a simple possession charge of something under a pound. You have no need to be in jail right now. It's just a waste of time and money and taxpayer dollars. But reg- yeah, regardless the, of the that, prison industrial. 
Yeah, well, they have enough. Yeah. They have enough. They have enough going on. They don't need, you know, the dude who was holding some some weed. Um, and then the I think the the more important and um bigger aspect to it is getting it rescheduled. Definitely, um, that's getting huge. it getting it off of schedule one would be because a lot a of states huge... have like mandatory minimums and stuff for stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that undermines that takes it off of those. Yes. So, that's so okay. that scheduling system is to not only correlate the um, the punishment that is tied to the substance that is classified, but it is also kind of a scale of severity of you know how likely this is going to kill someone or cause you to overdose or cause highly addictive behavior basically all around dangerous like danger don't do that um and the fact that that's been on there in in any way shape or form uh, was a mistake to begin with Uh, i know Science has come a long way. Medical research has come a long way. And we have a lot better understanding of cannabis, even though, you know, this research is all very new. We still have better understanding year in and year out. As you see more states legalize and push forward with either recreational or medical uh, or both, um, you're going to see a lot of high-end research getting, you know, pumped through the system so that, you know, they can kind of prove that it's not this big, scary drug that everyone thought it was for many, many years. So it's a a step in the right direction. I think it's just a political move. It's because he's not doing too much you know what i mean if it was really like a policy decision or something he wanted he would he's he's not he's not pro legalization on the federal level keep with the moderates the middle Mm -hmm. of the roads yeah also you know he he's not interested in full-scale legalization because he doesn't believe in it um he wasn't raised that way but what he is doing is recognizing that it probably is not as serious as the federal government classifies it. Like a hundred years ago, you mean? Yeah, right. Like nothing's changed. He did make this funny speech the other day. He's like, when I was in Senate 750 years ago. (laughs) Ha ha, I'm old. Yeah. Like Joe, like, I don't, dude, I don't know, man. It is crazy to me to listen to that man talk. It's, um... He's a world leader. I don't know, like... Yeah, he's responsible <laughs> for representing us on a global scale, and that's. I think it's more terrifying than the Cheeto, because the Cheeto could at least form whole sentences, whether they were, um, factual or, um, you know, <laughs> derived from sanity. Um, they they, they at least he could have. It, it was clear and concise, and so he's either going to kill you or he isn't. Um, it's, Biden by the pussy or is not. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Biden, on the other hand, you've got him. America is the greatest country in the world. We're in the annual argument. My butt's been wiped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Okay. Okay, man. Cool. You know what's funny though? Like he's probably the most memeable president. When people like White House representatives, when they like walk off stage before they take without taking questions, you know, it's usually like a point. Like it's like a, I don't it, to make a point to prove something to set a boundary or whatever it may be. You know what I mean? They usually walk away with a purpose. And like I'm purposely ignoring you, not answering your questions. Goodbye. <laughs> this this dude when, just wanders off. <laughs> no, it's like he like he looks like he doesn't know they're talking to him or something. You know, he's just like, am I like, oh, they're they're asking like someone else's question. I'm gonna go ahead and leave. Yeah, I'm gonna go take a nap. He's like literally the president from the scary movies. That is so um, funny. It's awesome. In fact, I think I've already seen. Like comparison videos, <laughs> it's like it's not sadly not a whole lot different. He's kind of like the Family Guy portrayal of Jordan. Yeah, I mean when you compare <laughs> when you compare George W. to what we have now, some of the shit that used to come out of that man's mouth, I thought was crazy back then, but this is like a whole new ball well, game. It's like, do you want? A war criminal who pretends he's war criminal who pretends he's not a war criminal, or a war criminal with dementia. I think both have their ups and downs, but yeah, yeah I think I'll take anything without dementia. All, all I got is I gotta say is I haven't seen Biden standing on an aircraft carrier with a big banner that says "Mission Accomplished." Okay, George Bush did that. That's fine. He he probably felt like he needed to at the time and mission wasn't accomplished mission was never accomplished mission was aborted uh what last year <laughs> we didn't lose we left okay yeah we, there's another <laughs> there's another world conflict not a world conflict but another american um conflict known as the vietnam war that we kind of had the same mentality on uh, uh, uh we didn't lose we decided we were done playing we packed up our toys and we went home they Hilarious. just got they got sand kicked in their eye one too many times over there i'm taking my trucks and i am leaving except we, left behind, we left behind quite a the, few trucks didn't the we? viet the vietnam war is actually um a very fascinating conflict. Every um, aspect of it. Because it wasn't just... I mean, the, the public propaganda was uh, to stop the Red um, red Scare, right? The, the communists yeah. were going to... Stop the commies. Yeah. They take one country, the dominoes, the whole Pacific is going to fall, and mm-hmm. it's going to be bad news. Yeah, which now that happened. But uh, at any rate, um, but you also look at the fact that Vietnam was made up of French colonies, and it was also a huge producer of food in the East and in uh, in the form of rice. Do you know how much of our food has rice, some form of rice in it? Um, Do you know how often you're consuming rice? Rice Krispie without, treats? Without even knowing it? It's... Did you know, like, Fruity Pebbles are rice? Yeah, most cereals are rice, bro. Isn't that crazy? It's just rice cereal, and it's flavored to make you But if I just pour rice in milk, it's not good. Well, it hasn't been highly processed with sugar and other chemicals to make it addictive. Yeah. You know, 
cocoa pebbles look like these beautiful little chocolate morsels that you just pour milk over and then you scarf it. And then fruity pebbles is like tasting the legitimate rainbow. I don't know what it is about fruity pebbles, bro, but it oh, just do you hits like different. do you like soggy cereal at all? No. No, I I don't. I mean, it's not it's not my preference, but I do fuck with soggy cereal. I guess it. I guess it has to. It would depend on the cereal. Like if it's frosted mini wheats, I like it to soften up a little like, bit. Yeah, those things will rip your mouth up. Oh yeah, oh. <laughs> that's primarily why I like them to soften up. Captain Crunch is another notorious mouth destroyer, and um, I feel the exact same way about that. I can eat that a little. A little more soggy, but not like full blown, like it's falling right. apart. Right. I mean, I don't like pour my bowl and wait 15 minutes before I eat it or anything like that, but if it gets soggy at the end, it's all right. I'm also a really big fan of ice cold milk. So if the milk is like not at the temperature that I believe that it should be, I usually just give up and don't eat the bowl of cereal. Do you, do you drink your milk afterwards? Do you? Yes, I do not waste I... milk. Don't fuck with milk, but that's the only way you can really eat cereal. But <laughs> you should use almond milk. I could. I just I tried I've... almond milk one. I tried one brand, one flavor of almond milk, and wasn't about it. Just haven't tried it again. Uh, was it just plain almond milk or was it vanilla? I think it was vanilla. Say so vanilla tastes more like traditional milk. milk. Yeah, because it has that kind of hint of savory. Kind of sweetness to it, like cream. But um, I was gonna say, almond milk is wild because first of all, and this is a huge. You telling deal. me almonds have titties? Yeah, this is a huge deal, and like the agriculture sector is, they're like you cannot claim this as a milk product because there is no milk. It's not. <laughs> Almonds it's, don't have titties. What? It's not. It's not a milk-derived <laughs> product, nor is it a product that comes from cows or any other milking mammal. So you can therefore not make the claim that it is milk, but a milk alternative. Um, milk alternatives don't get subsidized from the government. Goddamn it! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's 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 crazy the things that people fight over. But it's all about but it also comes down to like public awareness and class and proper classification of foods for food safety reasons. Um and and this is something that I kinda learned about when I was doing food safety courses a couple weeks ago. And they were like all about this whole you know Almond milk shouldn't be called that because it's technically not fucking milk. It's a misrepresentation of what it actually is containing. Because almond milk inherently is just water that's been strained through many, many, many thousands of pounds of almonds. Is that really what it is? Yeah. Are they strained like, are they crushed? And then it's. So it's like the pulp. So it's like almond pulp. So they chip the almonds down to like really small either slices or pieces and then like you, you use make heat. coffee with water you use heat and pressure like to... coffee yeah it's basically like, almond i mean coffee, that's what it yeah. sounds like is the, yeah. process, the coffee process yeah that's awesome and there's some other ingredients too to give it some you know flavors and preservatives okay now my real question is does it come out white or is it colored white 
it comes out like it looks like it look, probably like opaque like a yeah like it a dark kinda, layer it kind of looks like foggy water yeah that's what i would imagine busy now but now I, we're on cereal milk milk and cereal. yes so, yeah just one of our many famous side tangents. that's my favorite um i bet but, that's a that's definitely a thing there's probably like 10 to 15 cereal podcasts oh there has to be uh and everything's like coming all full circle with like being obsessed with cereal uh, i'm seeing like fr- uh, speaking of fruity pebbles i'm seeing like fruity pebble flavored coffee now um, it sounds like it'd be gross yeah like i don't think i need my coffee to taste like cereal i, I just simply don't think it can taste close enough to the real thing to even be good like, if I drank coffee and I was like, holy shit, do I have a mouthful of Fruity Pebbles right now? Maybe. Because then it doesn't taste like coffee, it tastes like Fruity Pebbles. But you know it, you know that's not the case. You know well, it's que- just like... The question is, is how much bioengineered sugar do you have to put in there? Vaguely fruit-tasting coffee is what it's going to be. Yeah. It's just a, an essence of yeah, it smells Fruity more Pebbles. Yeah, like it, it does taste... Bebo, it's get, not... Bebo, it's no, not, we can't both sit in the chair. You're not, you're not just pouring Fruity Pebbles in your coffee machine. There, so okay, now. I was like, "Yeah, crush them up and grind them for the coffee grounds and see <laughs> see what happens." Let's see where this takes us. <laughs> Gonna find the right fruity pebble to coffee ground ratio to get a good flavor. It's all about how fine you grind it. <laughs> the finer, the finer you grind it, the more flavor comes out. Go to a head shop, be like, "Could this thing grind fruity pebbles?" You think or. Strictly for, <laughs> and That's I'm awesome. seeing. Uh, I'm also seeing fruity pebble flavored syrup, like pancake syrup. The shit is legitimately red. It's not. It doesn't even look real. It looks like blood when you put it on your pancakes. I'm Gross. only. I'm only bringing it up because I have tried it, and I will admit it's pretty good. Um, and real quick, back to almond milk, one of my slights with it is, is when you're drinking it, I can sometimes feel like grit. It feel, yeah, it feels like grit is getting in my throat and I'm not about that. <laughs> microscopic like, almond like, pieces. Yeah, yeah. Microscopic almond pulp <laughs> that is literally just kind of just passive aggressively scraping against the sides of your throat. And it's not so funny. It's not the most pleasant drinking experience, in my opinion. So, is I assume oat milk is made the same way then? What? Oat milk? Oat milk? Oh, yeah, yeah, probably. Some sort of press and heat pressure and water. So, what, what I'm getting here is that if I just press heat and water, that's about anything, it makes milk. And makes a milk alternative. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> There's lots of milk milk alternatives. I mean, goat's milk is technically a non-dairy form of milk, but it's still milk from a mammal. I've never had goat's milk. We've never had goat cheese. I've only had. No, I don't even. I've had tried goat, goat cheese. Not a fan. Too soft. soft. Too crumbly. Yeah. Weird. I like Irish cream though. I also like Irish butter. It's good. I don't know why it's good, but it's it's good. It's huh. probably it's probably I know, worse. I've never had either. I guess I've had like Irish cream, like coffee creamer, but I don't know if that's like 
It's probably yeah. not Irish cream. It's no, probably just, just Irish cream flavor. Right on the ingredient list, it says artificial Irish creamer. That's, that's yeah, yeah. Flavor enhancer. No Irish cream. Contain, <laughs> contains less than one percent real Irish cream. <laughs> I love it when you're buying juice and. On the side of the bottle, it says contains less than one percent of juice, and you're like, "Wait, what? <laughs> What's in here? What am I, what am <laughs> what I buying? Am I what am I buying if it's not juice? Red forty <laughs> and water. That's what. Yeah, <laughs> it's food, food coloring, water, and sugar. <laughs> Welcome to America. That Great. that one percent is just so it kind of smells like it when you yeah. Open it's just like you get the it's like you get the tang. You just get some <laughs> tang in there, <laughs> a little dash of like essence of tangerine or orange. I mean, goddamn, dude, what is what is wrong with us? What what have we become? I don't even know how we got to from where so, we, what did we start with marijuana and Biden. Is that yeah, <laughs> marijuana, Biden. Then we went off on a Vietnam tangent, which evolved yeah. into food, which evolved into milk, which evolved into juice, elephant poop, now we're coffee here. beans. Interesting. That's really funny. Did you know? This is not even like a did you know fact. There's cockroaches and coffee. Can you? I can. You're allowed to have a legal amount of insect particles inside of coffee. Starbucks even has been very open about it in recent years with they're like, yeah, I mean, you guys are to do. <laughs> you guys are drinking, you know, fucking coffee that come came from outside. Probably had an insect or two in there when we harvested it, you know. It just happens. Okay, this is the same thing. Can we talk about those big ass spiders that come in banana boxes? Oh, like a banana spider? Is that what yeah. it's called? Yeah, where they like rarely they'll get shipped with bananas and in some fucking Walmart stock room. Uh, so unfortunate. Terrifying. Can you imagine? It's your fucking. You make nine dollars an hour at Walmart stocking produce, and you open a box and there's a fucking twelve inch spider in there. Aren't they like really lethal? I think so. I don't know. Maybe they're just scary, like camel spiders. Well, have you heard of the, uh, I'm going to butcher this. It's J-O-R-O. So, Yoro spider? No, I haven't. Mm, okay. Well, apparently it's just this really large, non-venomous spider that's been infesting the East Coast for the last few years, and that's getting really out of hand. Maybe I have. Now that you say large, non-venomous. While we're on the spider vein, one more thing. I follow this guy who does, like, reptile and insect handling. He, like, breeds them and sells them. Poisonous snakes and oh, big spiders not, and the like. That's not terrifying, but okay. And he tried to, like, mate a couple of tarantulas the other day. And they just started fucking fighting. They were just fucking each other up. It was awesome. No, no, stop it, no. And you can't stick your fucking hand in there. You, you, know, you know what I mean? You can't, like, pull them apart. Have you ever seen a tarantula malt? Yes. Have you seen them shoot the fucking hairs off their ass? Yes. That's crazy. I find it... Damn, nature, you scary. Yeah. I find <laughs> it so disturbing when they malt and they literally just leave a shell of their like previous self behind. Like a perfect shell of it. That means they got bigger. <laughs> like, yeah. That's, okay. While we're here, though, I'm, I'm molting growing. is wild. 
molting is bonkers. Like plenty of animals do it. And they're just like squishy for like a day. You know what I mean? They're like super vulnerable. Yeah. It's crit and it's just like easy picking. Can you imagine if you just took all your skin off and had to lay in bed? <laughs> it's all part of the natural process of growing up, okay? Everyone has to lose some skin to grow up. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. It, it's, Damn, Andrew. it's just tough. It's tough out there. National Geographic and the Discovery Channel try and make it look so appealing, but it's scary, okay? Very. Don't don't fuck with it. It's not we, worth it. You know what's slightly scarier than nature's atrocities? Mm. Man-made atrocities. Oh, yes. Like ballistic missiles. Oh, all day, every day. That was a pretty good one. I'll, that's top five transitions ever, I'd say. I'll give it a seven. <laughs> um, yeah, so on the flip side of the Biden coin, um, after making everyone happy with some, you know, little like marijuana. And I take it and I take it away. <laughs> Light Brandon giveth and dark Brandon taketh away. <laughs> Light Brandon gives me pot. Dog Brandon gives me ICBMs. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, after bringing this really uh, kind of long overdue news about marijuana and its relationship with the federal government, he just turns around and he's like, yeah, we're pretty close to nuclear Armageddon. Uh, <laughs> you guys so, scared this reminds so, me of cuba so i i guess what i'm trying to do is tell you to just get high and wait for the end i saw something that helped me we talked about the nuclear we talked about my existential dread a couple of weeks ago when it comes to this stuff mm-hmm. and someone compared it to this bomb squad quote that floats around the internet it's like aren't you scared being a bomb squad guy and the dude just goes well I mess up. It's just not my problem anymore. <laughs> so really, it's <laughs> with nuclear war. If it happens, it's suddenly not our problem anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's just a way of kind of coping with the uh, overall issue, I suppose. You just and you know, we're we're all victims when it comes to nuclear warfare. We're none of us are. You know, gonna. I don't see any of us as winners, because there no. are no there are no winners in nuclear warfare. I think uh, I remember right. The UN reminded Putin of like, I wish I I wish I had the quote. It's escaping me now, but it was something along the lines of they just like reminded him of like, hey buddy, you remember this thing called mutually assured destruction? Like that's both of us, me and you. So. That was pretty badass. Oh, Wouldn't Putin, it be wild Putin if the UN that. had their own nukes? <laughs> like, separate from their other countries that make it up, but the UN-labeled nukes? Well, I think you're confusing the UN with NATO. I mean, but even NATO. That'd be cool, too. A little NATO symbol on the warhead. <laughs> well, it would have to be a warhead that was partially owned by any existing NATO member. Well, that's what I'm saying. You got the big NATO logo right beside it, the little tiny Lockheed Martin logo. Yeah. Um, no, but it's pretty... I know we talk about World War Three a lot, but there's some pretty in, 
intense escalations the past week. Maybe not escalations, but events in general. You got Biden whipping his dick out on the table, you know, talking about nuclear war is an option. And then you got North Korea over here like, look at me. We got nukes, baby. Look at me. Firing a missile, a ballistic missile over Japan, which actually caused a bunch of Japanese residents to get notified of incoming missile attack, similar to what happened in 2018-ish in Hawaii with the false alert of the nuke attack there, which has to cause momentary fucking pandemonium, right? Like, like, but you think, like, let's say a whole city gets the alert. Like, people are going to lose their fucking minds until they are told that it's not real or that it's going in the ocean or whatever the case is, you know? Like, If any mainland Americans got that alert, I think they would just... Shit. <laughs> people would like mass suicides riding in the streets like <laughs> oh yeah because you know those are all things that are going to fix the problem <laughs> yeah. i might as well go try and score tv for the for this nuclear <laughs> winter it's about to happen <laughs> well you're gonna exit a very long history of uh cash and money-driven economy, and you're going to go straight into a bartering economy. Yep. But uh, how crazy is that, that you can do that? Go ahead, sorry. Oh, I was just saying, because, you know, nothing is going to be worth anything. Oh, no, there's nothing to back up currency-wise. Nothing backs it up now. We just print it, and we say... Yeah, but I mean, the government backs it up. Like, we all agree that the dollar means something right now. Yeah, it means a lot less than it used to. To me, it seems like a big fucking deal to just shoot a missile over another country. Like, that seems like an act of war, almost. Like, obviously, nothing happened, I guess, but... And it's not like, no one's like, oh, whatever, but, like, that just seems like something that is not okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, um, especially from a hostile country. Like uh, that, like, yeah. The hermit king of the... Communist Party in North Korea, Kim Jong-un, is nothing more than a little guy in a big pond trying to make some, you know, waves for himself. Because he does have political backing from Russia and China, merely due to the fact that they all have some form of... regimes. Yeah, they all have authoritarian regimes and they all have some sort of commerce with one another. Yeah, they all have land borders. Yeah, and I think China and North Korea are probably closer to one another than, like, let's say, Russia and North Korea. I mean, even just geographically, that makes sense, I guess, because... Not not just geographically, but, you know, political relationships. Yeah, I mean, they're more, like, North Korea and China, and on another hand, they seem more like open state control you know what i mean like it's mm-hmm. it's an open secret that the state controls everything and then russia still likes to play the whole big brother is always watching in the background type mm-hmm. secret of state yeah i mean russia isn't technically communist anymore but they have a very shoddy corrupt elective process for uh presidents at least and it's mostly the reason why putin still at large and has served there's no term limits 
if you keep winning elections in Russia, you can stay president forever until you die. This is the way it works there. That's crazy. That's how it should work here. No. <laughs> That's how it almost worked here. Pretty sure Ronald Reagan would still be president, even <laughs> even dead in the ground. <laughs> can we? It's like the town in whatever state that has a dog they, for mayor. <laughs> they would have just, just they, him. they would have just severed his head and made him <laughs> one of those heads in a in a bottle, <laughs> like from Futurama. Yeah, you know, how Richard Nixon is still the president of the United States in the year three thousand something. It's... Do you think they speaking of dead leaders? Do you think they froze the queen next to Walt Disney? Or do you think they let her go? Did they freeze her? Do we know yeah. that? They did. I don't know. I'm curious if I'm thinking. Down, she's like ninety something. Yeah, I guess. Okay, but if her body's on display, they probably did some sort of it's preser- pr- preservation. It's, it's my... You know, bodies and um afterlife that's some pretty interesting stuff out there as far as your options you have to do yeah uh, at the end of your life we have um you know obvious like crematorium uh cremated and put in a urn and someone will put you on their mantle or they'll spread your ashes or they bury your ashes there's a lot of things you can do with ashes it's a very economical way of being disposed of after death. You yeah. go from an entire mass to this just this little bag of dust. Yeah, and they can mix that bag of dust in with some soil and put it. Yeah, they've done trees. You can do. I got it. Okay. Things. Do you think? I do you think that uh? Okay, I I have to I have to think that a more standard decomposition like okay sorry uh what's the word fertilizer i can't think of the word okay if you just cut somebody up and dump them in a field like a dead body i feel like that's better fertilizer than the ashes would be if yeah because of the there would be more organic um, breakdown is yeah there would there would be more readily available organic uh nutrients available uh, for a longer period of time as well. Right. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Biologically but, available, let's say. Really, is it legal just to like toss a whole ass body in the ocean though? Is that a, I guess if you go to international waters you can do whatever the fuck you want. But yeah. Like, I mean getting caught's nine tenths of the problem. Um I'm just curious if there's some kind of precedent there that you're not allowed to have your buddies throw your body in the ocean when you die. I think if you've done all the legal steps of getting a uh, certificate of death and doing whatever you need to do to ensure that they're just dead and not like part of Sleeping. part part of like a CSI <laughs> episode. Yeah. Um the body's your problem. You, you can sense. you can dispose of them in, in a lot of different ways, legally. Um, my wife has expressed interest to me in becoming a coral reef when she dies. They do this thing where they inoculate your body into like a small section of reef and then they go bury it or they go, you know, plant it out plant in it. the ocean. And you, That's wild. You biologically, you know, 
feed this coral reef for as you decompose yeah re years to come um my sister-in-law wants to be put in a mushroom suit which is a suit inoculated with um mushroom spores and they bury out in a field and then you become a little mushroom patch because mushrooms are are natural you know nature's filters or detoxifiers they'll actually absorb toxins and other bad things in the ground and uh, use it as food and just destroy it i mean Yeah. it literally filters it out of the ecosystem um cleanly and does not you know it like you could still if it's an edible mushroom you could pick it and eat it you're not going to get sick from it. it literally Isn't dispels that crazy? toxins Yeah, they're, yeah. there's a They there's literally a lot of eat you the same way bugs do. Like, not obviously not with, like, they don't chew you. yeah and uh there's a lot of fantastic stuff about fungi out there there's even a netflix series called fantastic fungi Fungi. I think it's just a documentary though it's not a series Right. um so yeah there's really there's really creative ways to To get die. rid of a body and to Um, die and I to mean, die yeah, true. So, did you hear about this bridge that went up in flames today in Russia? They're still slightly there. or is this the Crimea? crimea bridge Yeah. yeah it looks like it just kind of exploded It was a car bomb, yeah. It's one of the two bridges in the Crimea in Ukraine has uh, taken responsibility. They're also trolling about it. Yeah. They, the official Ukraine Twitter account added Crimea's Twitter account and said, you good? That's it. That's the whole tweet is, you good? Hilarious. Literally, people are out there fighting for their, their, their country right now, repelling a, a hostile invader and someone is fucking trol
people with a lot of complaints and absolutely no solutions to them. So. Reddit is like one fifth of our whole content, Nick. Better watch what you're saying. Well, am I the asshole? Is just a uh, one of many different things you can <laughs> obtain on Reddit. <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna say all of Reddit. It's just a dumpster fire. We should start rating the Top Gun Wild Post. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be fun. <laughs> Are we? I feel like we're missing a World War Three talking point. Uh, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe to, I'm thinking of Joe Biden. I would say basically Biden just came out and said it the way he sees it. It's, this is uh, the it's most tense. It's the most tense and closest we've been in nuclear conflict since the Cuban Missile Crisis, which happened uh, six years ago. So. I thought you said six years ago. Sixty. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. 1962. Oh, the Russian super submarine. That's what it oh, is. Oh, yeah. With that, these Poseidon nuclear that, tsunami missiles. Yeah, that, that little bastard uh, is not where it should be. It is not. Was, it, was that the same sub that caught on fire in port when it was being built last year? I know we talked about that. We discussed whether we thought it, we had any hand in it or not. Right. Well, inevitably, it probably is because I know it finished this year and got deployed this year. And now it's um, missing from its pen. It's, yeah. They're just trying to scare people. Yeah, That's that really feels it. very yeah, feel-mongery to yeah. report on that because of course it is. Of, of course it is. It's a fucking sub. Use it, especially if it's new, even if it's not going on a combat like a deployment mm-hmm. or whatever. It still has to go on deployments and be run through the paces and see how it performs, you know, all yeah. the other things. Yeah, I mean, I I don't see it leaving uh, port as a clear indication that they plan on destroying a, a coastal, a, a, you know, a coastal city with it, because that's what it's capable of doing. Um, it has tsunami-inducing nukes on it called, uh, I think the whole system's called Poseidon, uh, because it... Uh, quite literally can just make a coastal city disappear within hours. I've heard... I don't know the science behind it. I want to talk about that in a second. I've heard it's, like, too faceted. Like, it could, A, just... It's a nuclear torpedo. So mm-hmm. it could be shot, detonated underwater, and, uh... Hilarious. And, um, like, cause a tsunami just by the, you know, the blast created by the torpedo. Or that same torpedo could be shot at glaciers in the Arctic and cause a mass rise in sea by the yeah. ice falling off into the water or whatever. It's one thing Russia does not have to worry about is the rise in, uh, mean, co- most of their coastal, coastal yeah. cities because they're very small ocean coast um, in the far eastern hemisphere is... Uh, mostly wild right like yeah just it's just mountain it's just unclaimed barren. land like not unclaimed but like unpopulated just mountainous yeah forest. yeah Tundra. It's, it's uh it's mostly unpopulated but there's a really fascinating little island in between the tips of alaska and uh russia called uh little diomede and it's got I think like a population of 174 people and it's 
it's literally just like this little fishing town on the side of this rock uh, in the middle of these two countries. And I think it technically swings to Alaska. I think it's part of Alaska. Did you know Russia has, like, still has claims on Japanese islands? Yeah, they claimed that this past uh, summer. Didn't yeah, well, they? I think we talked about it, didn't we? Yeah. No, yeah. No, we about it. yeah. But, uh, no, I didn't know that. That's crazy. It's, yeah. I don't know. I just feel like, also, I thought, okay. Again, I, mean, I'm not, say, I don't know the they science. Say what they, they say what they want. So. True. But, um, water is a great shielder of radiation, mm-hmm. right? And obviously, I, I don't understand how the radiation is dispersed. Or, like, what's the deal with, like, fallout? Like, even if it's not irradiated dust and stuff, there's still irradiated particles. Do those just sink to the bottom of the ocean afterwards? Because, like, apparently, like, a nuclear reactor, you could swim in the pool around the reactor. And as long as you stay, like, more than three feet away from it, you're totally safe. Like, apparently, water is great at stopping radiation. So, like... Obviously, the water itself and the force of tsunami and all that would be devastating. Just there they are. Yeah. But is everything also irradiated? Because I've seen that, but that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Unless the unless like the force of the blast and the water just carries these irradiated particles to wherever the tsunami lands, and it's then dispersed. And as the water washes away, does the radiation stay behind or? I just don't understand that bit. You know well, what I mean? Water is very easily contaminated with radiation. Um, whether it's good at filtering it or slowing it down, I think is kind of irrelevant to the gravity of the aftermath. That would well, I'm produced. just curious if it's irradiated or not afterward. After. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, water is completely capable of... No, I mean radiation. the land where the tsunami hit specifically. Oh, like, do you mean does it take like, radiation with it? The, they shoot the, the fucking torpedo off the west coast. The tsunami I, hits... In, uh, I, yeah, I see I what know. you're saying. So, I would think... And I, I'm, I'm, I'm shooting from the hip with a personal opinion here. Because I don't scientifically know. Shh, don't tell me. Um, but... I would say you're more than likely from wherever wherever the blast happens at, and then yes, the the short answer is yes. <laughs> yes, I think I think you're gonna see radioactive contamination throughout that entire shockwave, um, and that weird. shot and that shockwave is supposed to inevitably end up pushing a wave into a city. Have so. they tested this before, you think? Or, I mean, obviously not a full scale, but like, do you think they did like a, a, a model, like a scaled down test of the technology to see if it even create a tsunami? Uh, probably. I mean... Is it all like our space science that's all like technically like untested? Like math that, science. So, interestingly enough, NASA tests all of their Mars pending equipment and Greenland. Well, not like that. I mean, like our guesses of deep space in the universe and how it truly works and expands mm. and such is like. I'm going to guess like, that any weapon that exists today has had some sort of live test done to prove its efficacy. 
I mean, that would make... How many do they have? I have so many questions that we can't answer. They probably don't have a lot. I'm just I'm gonna. gonna one, I guess. I'm gonna laugh and say they may have made two of these missiles and then <laughs> ran out of money. Yeah. So yeah. they have they have one for for America and one for whoever one, one for whoever else they want to fucking destroy. I mean, really, if you shoot one of those bitches off of the coast of Europe, you can hit a lot of NATO, NATO countries in one go. So it's like. Yeah. It just depends on its radius, I guess. I say, again, and the radius. Do you have to be a thousand miles off the coast? A couple hundred miles off the coast? There's so many. Uh, also, this... doesn't it fuck the submarine up? Because i got to imagine that the the shockwave doesn't just go one way. It goes in a full 360 out from the... Ex- I don't know. Interesting stuff. I'm more, Scary doomsday weapons. I'm more curious about the post, <laughs> the Poseidon uh, torpedo. Now, interesting. Um, yeah. I want to see if there's like any. So I finished information these... on it. I'm gonna talk about these books while you do that. Uh, I finished Tom DeLonge's two fiction books, and they're set up in a way, supposedly, where he is working with the Department of Defense and the government and all to uh, through a slew of movies and other media and books drip feed us the truth about aliens and everything. So it's not such an event. And uh, it's very interesting. Like he says in the intro that like the building blocks to this story are all true based off of real events, facts, but all the glue that holds the narrative together is all fake. It's all, you know, just fiction for your entertainment. And it like like the craft you described a couple weeks ago, the triangular craft that's is featured in the book and it's referenced to as a locust, and it's a next generation aircraft and it's described in such great detail about how it can do all these maneuvers that would in theory kill the pilot inside of it, but somehow like it doesn't feel like you're flying, not like any kind of conventional plane. Uh, crazy tracking, like you know, anti, uh, crazy stealth technologies, weapon systems are like laser based, energy based, uh, which is it was just really interesting. And like, and the, the story follows a Navy Harrier pilot who experiences a UFO sighting. Uh, the UFO like jams his weapon systems, and he's unable to fire, and guys on the ground die because of it. And then he's scooped up by the CIA to fly these crafts. And, uh, you know, they like the climax of the book, spoiler alert for Secret Machines book one, the climax of the book is like a a fight over Area 51 and other sites with these locusts and the bad guys equivalent to them. Uh and the bad guys, which is kind of terrifying to when you put into context of the what's true and what's fiction, are a Illuminati-esque group. It's just a business conglomerate think tape called Maynard that's full of uh, the well, like a bunch of wealthy oligarchs of different nationalities who have their fingers in all kinds of thing, stuff. Uh, but some highlights of the book that I'm choosing to believe as fact instead of fiction are the Nazis did make it 
to Antarctica, the Nazis had a singular alien craft, a standard, like a saucer, UFO, uh, that they built or came across in some way, shape, or form. They used that to escape to Antarctica, where they were found by us, and we retrieved the craft. And, like, basically, like, it described them as all emaciated. Like, they got there and, like, were starving to death and freezing to death. And I love that because Nazis and cold weather don't mix. It's the same thing that happened when they invaded Russia in the winter. So I thought that was really funny. Uh, yeah, but it also, it described that kind of craft, the triangle craft, the singular saucer craft. And then also, I'm assuming there's more books that aren't out yet because the story's not done. But it also talked about the cigar-shaped crafts that we've seen. Oh, yeah. And, you know. So the, the Triangle guys, I mean, they've been reoccurring for many years now. We've, According um, to the book, we've had them since, like, Roswell. Okay. Well, and if that was a product of reverse engineering, which I would assume it would have to be. That's what, that's what, that's what it described, too, is that we don't know technically how they're built, but we kind of know how they work, and we're able to engineer more of them. But we don't technically understand the technology. Yeah. It also it also talks about like weaponized mind control, uh, like yeah, uh, MLK MLK, so funny MK Ultra type stuff. Yeah. Where like the one dude has like because he's been flying in these crafts, he's developed like uh, telepathy type like and it's yeah that's that's what kind of lost me but it's like okay i was really into it and then i was like oh this is a little a little hard to suspend my disbelief on this one but i really the narrative was super good Um, yeah but what i gathered is we have the technology we're dealing with aliens the bad guys are also dealing with aliens different aliens it seems see so there's like a lot of little pieces on my right that you can yeah. like take away and apply to, you know, call it truth or fact, factual or historical, whatever. And, and that's, that's fine and dandy. Like that's cool because it makes it more thought provoking and probably a little more, uh, makes you a little more invested and in wanting to keep reading his books. So good on him. Good marketing tactic. Uh, but so I think that one of the things that is like not not going to jive is like the over the top sci-fi stuff. So when you say like a mind control device, the first thing that comes to mind for me is like that video that you sent me with uh, people's heads turning right and then them yeah their arm and then they like start spazzing or something yeah that, um, so that's what it's really well done i don't think i'm doing it justice but i totally agree and i think it's i think some of it's put in there on purpose like i think like the bigger I, i'm not taking every big plot point as fact but i like to think that it is sprinkled in there some mm-hmm. you know what i mean some of the stuff like it's funny like, these crafts line up and like stuff like that but also you could take that as he read about the crafts and then incorporated incorporated them into the book and it's and with anything like this it's important not to take it as like gospel you know what i mean yeah because oh it's at, the, easy at the end of the day him him like it's just yeah it's 
you don't know. We don't. <laughs> you don't fucking know. But it, yeah. it was interesting seeing like things and relating them back to historical events or things I've seen online and stuff like that, and how it all plays together. And it seems like I don't know Nazis with spaceships are just funny. Yeah, Nazis, Nazis freezing to death is really. Uh, and then the whole like Illuminati is, is a bad, like a bad describer. It is more of a think tank, a business conglomerate. You know what I mean? Shell companies and. I think like, I think Illuminati can be, kind of like a blanket statement for a lot of different things, because um, it is, at the end of the day, um, a hoard of wealth, uh, between, you know, uh, you know, amongst like, the one percent of the one percenters. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the true like. The, the deep, the, the, the yeah. deep, yeah, the deep state. You know the, the man, the men in the shadows, the people who are pulling the strings, the puppet masters, whatever you want to call them. Um, but it's also a lot more than that because that money is what generates the ability to invest those funds into not only world interests but self interests as well. So you have to think like, okay, what is something? What is a a modern day uh, amenity that people have evolved to not live without energy. Energy is probably the biggest one, electricity specifically. Uh, everything that we do throughout our days and our lives has something that has something electrical in it that requires us to interact with our daily lives. We wake up, we grab our smartphone, we open up social media or the internet or, you know, anything on your smartphone that's all electric. We're sitting here doing a podcast right now on our laptops, wearing headsets that are all interconnected through electricity. We have lights on so that we can see at night. We have televisions that can just stay on for hours and hours and hours without burning out. Um, so I think one of like the hair trigger uh, components to to like a, an Illuminati control system is your number one factor is energy. Energy controls people. I mean, beyond the amenities, you have heating, indoor heating. That keeps keep you homes. warm. Keep your food cold. Yeah, keep your yeah. food cold in the refrigerator. Cool off your house with air conditioning, Isn't artificial it air. Like society's only like seventy-two hours away from collapse at any given moment. If like all the lights went out in the world for seventy-two hours. Yeah, we. Yeah, like, I mean, food would spoil. Um, millions. Gas, sta- gas stations couldn't pump gas. Trucks couldn't get to stores. Stores couldn't sell anything. Uh, you wouldn't be able to call your loved ones. You wouldn't be able to post anything on the internet. You couldn't do anything. It would be... That's the real Armageddon right there. Add news bears. The stock market. Anybody using any kind of medical device. People in airplanes. No, I'm kidding. But like... <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, think of just the hospital casualties alone. The amount of people who require some form of, 
you know, life support or well, even like more low end stuff, like not to say like stuff you come in once a week for, even or you know what I mean, like periodical outpatient now, stuff. Let alone people in the ICU or on ventilators or in comas yeah. or whatever. Well, at the end of the day, you look at any hospital that's worth a damn probably has oil. I'm going to guess they're probably either natural. They're probably either gas, oil, you know, gasoline slash oil slash natural gas backup generators um, that could save people in the short term blackout but the, I think you don't the, see the, that. the apocalyptic blackouts last for months and are coordinated yeah. and meant to last that long to thin out the population yeah that'd be a huge like thing like a for like it's a big fear for war with the major powers the hacking of a power grid I mean, it is that, but it is also like a turnkey initiative to usher in new world orders. Um, Speaking of Illuminati, if they had some sort of elaborate, um, you know, plan in place to usher in new world orders and completely flip the coin. Yeah, turn the lights off for a week and then turn it back on and you're in control. No, seriously, just turn them off for a month. Within that month, you will have officially re-resurrected Darwinism, like plain as day, human on human combat. For it would basically be just a month of purging, people killing each other, people starving, people dying because they don't have medical uh, instruments to keep them alive. Everything it would just wipe out. Just instantly, maybe a third of our population. Yep. In a month. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, that's and then and then once you're you know, once once you turn the power back on and everyone starts to come to their senses, you know, their their brainwashing starts kicking back in, and they can start checking, you know, they can start charging their phones and their cars and start turning the lights back on figure out how to go back to some sort of normal life they're going to need help doing that and that's when a new government entity is going to come along and usher us into a new era it's one of the like oldest conspiracy theories in the book but it's 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 there it's a thing it's a thing so i mean illuminati this has kind of been a long you know, roundabout way of kind of proving how broad something called the Illuminati can be. Um, I would say outside of, you know, electrical like power, like raw power would be um, a global pandemic, maybe that and controlling something that coincides with it uh, media. So obviously you want people to hear what you want them to and what better way than to have two whole ass families run every single news network in this country that anyone watches at a given moment uh, that's crazy yeah. it really is though but that's the thing that like a handful of people have a say in literally every 
mm-hmm. true media that you consume. Or anything well, put seen, on by a major broadcasting company. Yeah, I've seen like videos where they have found several statements and sentences that are all spoken exactly the oh, same word way. Word for word on news word channels, for word yeah. on hundreds of different news channels it is across. So creepy to watch those. Honestly, where they well, all like, just, our thoughts just, and prayers go out to yeah. the family, and then it zooms out, and it's like 150 screens saying the same thing mm-hmm. of all different. Mm-hmm. And that just goes to show you that everything that they're being told to tell you is being told to tell you. <laughs> um, yeah, I, no one has like a unique, like, yeah, you have like your local news, but it's all like delivered in the same way especially if it's affiliated like especially like if it's a fox affiliated channel or an abc mm-hmm. affiliated. yeah I, a, yeah. A, a, abc um nbc cnn fox i think out of just those major ones i listed you will throw in cbs why not um i think out of all of those i just listed I think it's all ran by like maybe two dudes. Yeah. So, yeah, it's fucking bonkers. So, there you have another little slice of the Illuminati pie. And then you got to sprinkle some over in the Federal Reserve. What's another way you control people? Well, ultimately, you control them by how much money they have at any given time. And yep. keep, keeping people poor keeps them richer so it's the name of the game i think you're forgetting about a little something called trickle down the canal oh forgive me how could i forget <laughs> that's really it don't oh. work it simply don't work it don't work no good it works exactly how it was designed um are you ready for some spooky shit or yeah let's talk spooks spooky looplies it's halloween it's actually our second halloween episode which is really funny our second October episode. We didn't even acknowledge it last week. It was still so new, you know. Well, I think only, it, I think it came it out on the first the, or the second, so we yeah. recorded it. Yeah, but so here we are. We're embracing the month of October with themed content. Spooky. We'll probably do a little bit every week, every episode this month. I would assume. Yeah. Why not? But uh, we're talking some cryptids again. This time. We picked out a couple just to gloss over and chat about to get in the dip our toes in the spooky vibe of the mm. October. Ooh, scary. Uh fuck it. Let's just dive in. Let's do this short one first. The Dover Demon. Did you look into this at all? Did you look at the picture of this little guy? Yeah, it's fucking disturbing. He, he looks kind of like the protagonist from Destroy All Humans. He <laughs> <laughs> like he looks like a standard gray. Kind of, but yeah. he has a watermelon-sized head. And when I picture that, I pictured a horizontal watermelon. No, it's a <laughs> vertical one. It's a vertical watermelon. It is, like, elongated. Yeah. Uh, three and a half sightings. I say with the half because the fourth one's kind of sketchy. All in California, I think. Location's not important. You know us. Unwise analysis. Uh, All spotted at, like... In a straight line path, like the coordinates are all in line with each other on the same street. Spotted three different times over two days by t- three different teenagers. And they all say that they saw the animal 
running or hiding, and it did not attempt to enter. I say animal-like creature. It didn't attempt to interact with them anyway. It attempted to run away from them. Uh, the first one is kind of funny. It's a bunch of dudes. This all happened in the seventies, so it's a bunch of teenagers in a car, and the one of them, one of them saw it, and they like freaked out and turned around to go back and look at it, but they were all too afraid to get out of the car. And I gotta imagine three teenage boys in the seventies. They were hot boxing that. You know what I mean? Like, Some Columbia gold. One or all of them were on drugs. That's it. It's kind of like a nothing cryptid. There's really no other sightings or anything. The fourth one was in Madrid, uh, or Colombia. Sorry, in Colombia, uh, someone was taking a picture of their mounted police there, and in one of their or two or one or two of their ten photos they snapped, you can see the creature running across the road. I say it's sketchy because no one else reported seeing it that day. It's just in that photo. So it's kind of like likely to be doctored, you know what I mean? But more often than not, they are. But yeah. it's just interesting, like this little harmless alien animal looking thing running yes. around, scaring teenagers, yeah. doing what we all wish we could, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, how did it get its name? Uh, because it's from. Dover, Massachusetts, I think. Is that what I said? Let me look it up. I think I said California the first time. I don't know what I'm talking about. I have it right here. But it's named after the city it's it's in. 1977 in Dover, Massachusetts. Yeah, it's definitely said California, but it's Dover, Massachusetts on April 21st and 22nd of 1977 is when it was oh, okay. spotted. Uh, yeah. But all the teenagers that saw it drew sketches and they all like lined up and looked similar. Which is interesting. I mean, sort of. You could have just all decided to try and draw something yeah. the same way. Yeah. And based off of the time period. Drugs. You just gotta <laughs> you gotta go with whatever they're saying, you know. Yeah. And there's, uh there's no cell phones with a camera in their pocket. Back in my day. Uh let's do the other small one first. We got a. Uh, Dinosaurs in Australia. I'm be honest with you, I didn't even really look into this one because I feel a like Mono Dragon. There's nothing to it. Like, <laughs> like it just seems completely impossible. But it is fun to think about. Is like a six pack of raptors running around the outback, feasting on kangaroos, and like, <laughs> like that's where the joke that everything like there's the most dangerous place ever. It's like there's, giant... there's literally dinosaurs there's giant lizards living where giant lizards should live <laughs> i mean there's a lot of like space in the outback i guess where something undiscovered could live but i feel like we would see dinosaurs on aerial photos yeah i mean it's of the, like they're big animals like most of them are. it's kind of like if nessie was really out there why haven't we found her yet definitely but you know we have large military installations in the Australian outback. Nah, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. One of them is like central to the like all of I don't know, NATO's communication. It's like a satellite hub, a satellite communication station. It's one of the, one of the points on the earth that are really close to space. I could stuff. I I can buy that. Yeah. Just just with Definitely. the sheer openness of Australia. Australia is really interesting place, honestly. Surprisingly big. I mean, mm. Honestly, like 
Oh, it's literally just a gigantic motherfucking island. Yeah. Like, just chilling. Like, it's basically, it's, I, I mean, it's considered a continent, but it is literally a whole-ass continent just floating yeah, in the by ocean. Itself, just by the, by, like, only a fraction of it's inhabited. Like, all the cities are on the coast. Yeah, well, they have There's to just... be. <laughs> The thousands of miles the, of expanse. The, the yeah, the the conditions with inside the uh, the um, what do they call them? The outback. I'm like, what do they call that again? Yeah, the expanse of <laughs> just like the sheer just horrors that are out there. Like, I'm pretty sure it's. I think they have like the most amount of species of insect that'll kill you if they even look at you. Yeah. It's, and I want to say venomous snakes too, maybe or venomous. Oh yeah, reptiles something. in general. Yeah. yeah, very. Uh, I mean, harsh conditions, so harsh they life. Breed, you know. Yeah, breed harsh. That's crazy though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the last one is a heavy hitter in the cryptid world, and well-respected tales. Mothman. I love me some Mothman. Very rich, very deep background of sightings and stories and uh not an inherently like scary or evil entity no, he seems more like a a heart like a warning sign like yeah he's like a bat signal he's there to tell you that something's not you know something's Some, about to go awry up. it's uh, like if you see mothman before you know something bad if you see mothman in general leave. you should probably just turn around and exit leave. the area Immediately yeah, evacuate because not because he's gonna hurt you, but because God's about to hurt you. Yeah, right. <laughs> and this is God's gift to us to let us know he's about to do something. <laughs> so this happened in the '60s, and shit like this just doesn't happen anymore. And if it does, it gets like what's fucked up is if something like this were to happen and it got recorded, everyone would just be like, "Ah, it's fake. It's a fake video, edited." Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no mm-hmm. one would even believe it. Yeah, but uh, we're about to do this a lot of disjustice by <laughs> just glossing over it. Uh, West Virginia, Ohio border, Salem, West Virginia. The podcast I listened to about this was two guys from Ohio, and I thought that was really funny. It was the first thing I picked. Uh, and the one guy was salty that West Virginia claims Mothman because that that bridge was half ours and he was on the Ohio side of the bridge multiple times apparently so he thinks we should share it but I just think that was really funny yeah talking point but uh he should have been Salem West Virginia just a few days before the bridge that connected Salem and Ohio over the Ohio River collapsed this bridge was constructed in the 20s so it simply wasn't weighted for the rate the weight of the cars and this like sure. cars were much heavier, you know what I mean? And there were a lot more of them. All steel. But apparently he lived in this. I've seen it described as a TNT factory and also as a government munitions development site where they developed and uh, tested ammo and bombs and explosives. And I had to, I found this funny story of like one of the sightings is of these four teens, two couples Apparently, this TNT place was a very hot makeout spot in the town, which is fucking hilarious to me. And all the podcast, all the podcast hosts I listened to, had a problem with two couples in the same car making out. And I thought that was really funny too. 
because like the things Josh and I have done in the same room, but separate, it's okay. But in the same room, hilarious in comparison to making out at a makeout spot in a car. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> if only he was here. <laughs> but uh, they were all making out, getting hot and heavy in the car. And then one of them just freaks out because they see Mothman kind of awkwardly walking into this building. They start fucking screaming and freaking out, which makes Mothman see them. So they throw the car in reverse and start peeling out of there. They're maxing this Chevy out to its fucking pedal to the floor and then some, you know what I mean? 100 miles an hour, red hot engine, booking it. And Mothman with his 10-foot weak span is keeping up with them, just fucking flapping away. And they described that he was squeaking, ex- like excessively, and the everyone described it as almost as if he was having fun chasing them or whatever. And like I had a different take on that. In my head, it's really funny if Mothman's like, "Oh fuck, there are people here," and he's chasing them down, trying to communicate that it's not that big of a deal. He's not going to hurt them, and there's no need to freak out yeah. while they're all just screaming and driving away violently. <laughs> and he just gives up and flies off but uh you know humanoid moth 10 foot wingspan glowing red eyes appears before disaster also supposedly everybody who saw mothman and spoke up received some sort of threat something afterwards whether it be a note or one of the girls and the two couples was reportedly almost kidnapped like attempted kidnapping occurred after she spoke up. Oh. So that lends to a conspiracy theory that uh he's a government project. And those were the men because when he showed up, the men in black also showed up. So people were assuming that the threats came from the men in black and such. Um some people think he's an alien, some people think he's a government experiment experiment. Uh, some encrypted. They say alien, but uh, I don't think there were any UFO sightings at the time. But people who saw him reportedly had like a sunburn. Like they had a, a feeling like they were being sunburned in his presence. And one of them like contracted pink eye. And apparently both of these things can come from like non bacterial pink eye. Pink eye. Apparently, huh. both these things can come from gamma radiation. So they're thinking that he's irradiated. That's what lends creed to the... He's probably know, teleporting. Yeah. Oh, it's just super interesting. Uh, apparently, he was spotted in Chicago, doesn't ten, but I couldn't really find anything. It's a lot of people who claim to have seen him on 9-11. I've heard, I heard that, too. There, was, there were reports of him being in the in New York days before. Interesting. I really like Mothman. He's very like mainstream, but like he seems so chill and doesn't seem to bother anybody. Yeah, he's being terrifying to look at. Terrifying to look at and a bad omen. Yeah. Because if he is in your presence, it's already too late. Seems that way. Because apparently they saw him like right before the bridge collapsed. Like, you look up, you see Mothman, and then the bridge collapses under you. Like, yep. crazy. Do you have anything that I missed? 
about him anything I don't know I mean it's uh yeah I overall it's it's a very uh fascinating creature uh he probably has definitely gotten more popularized ever since uh Fallout 76 I think had Mothman missions in it I still haven't played that I have it you have it no I don't yeah it wasn't I pay I paid money for that shit I was very upset about it yeah I have few reservations on that i think the game that it is today Much is better. probably closer to what the vision was for the game in general that was a bumble fuck though the release of that and the state it came out in and all the missing oh yeah but was that's that... like the mo for everybody these days Hold on. was that pre or post no man's sky that was post oh very no man's post. Sky. super no post. man's sky was the first one and the line of many big fuck-ups. Like, yeah, to this day, they're still releasing, like, content releases They're still for making free. up for it. Yeah. yeah. But it's definitely a way better game than what it was when it came out now. There's still... Oh, it, like, 180 four times, so... And you could say that's what's important, but, like, a lot of people aren't going to give it a chance to come back to it. Oh, you know? yeah. So you gotta look at it, like, and and they played it smart. So when they um they re released it on Xbox because it was a PlayStation exclusive for the longest time. So they re- that, yeah, so they yeah, released yeah. it after a bunch of these, you know, a couple of years of these updates started taking in to effect. They released like an Xbox version of it that was hella hella more polished than anything anyone on PlayStation got from day one release. Definitely, yeah. Once the license agreement or whatever was up. Yeah, you're right. But I mean and it's really now, cool for the people who play it. Like people who like it, people who stuck around, it's really nice. That the game is so like I like to just vibe in it. You know, I had fun when we played. It was a bit grindy for me, but definitely something I could get into and play. The building in it is is grindy, um, but, but it like is good. Creative was a lot of fun. The building was satisfying, and being able to traverse <laughs> galaxies was amazing. Yeah, so I'm. I mean, the I guess I guess for me, it depends on the experience that you're looking for and the type of gamer that you're dealing with. So obviously you have your uh, sweaty survival like I want to I want to feel it Mr. Krabs gamers like they want to hurt after you know playing No Man's <laughs> Sky for so many hours that I want the punishment. Um, and, it, and it is and it is punishing the amount of resources that the amount of time you spend just gathering yeah. resources just to create one cool thing is just super astronomical compared to what the payoff is versus I enjoy, I've always looked at No Man's Sky as like kind of an art piece. It's not just a, you know, first person survival game. And that's where I think it speaks to a lot, a lot of different genres. You know, survival, definitely. You, know, you have your base building components. You have meaningless quests that you can go out and do. 
fetch, you know, fetch quests, so to say. I think you um, would like space engineers a lot. Probably. But I make it a point to maybe jump into No Man's Sky just whenever I feel like it. Just to really explore and look around and, you know, see if anything new kind of pops up. Yeah, that's definitely where the game shines is the sandbox unfiltered. Like, it was very, very unique and something I probably won't forget gaming-wise. Like, just what's this planet? What's on it? What's it like? What mm-hmm. secrets does it have for me? You know what I mean? And just be able to, if I want to fly for two hours real time to find some new planet, yeah. I can't. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's crazy. So, one of the fun things I used to do when I was playing that game heavily was look for, like, the most inhabitable planet. So, more or less trying to find, like, Earth 2.0, so right, to say. Like, a, like the Goldilocks. It has everything. It's safe. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Don't have a bunch of mutant around. Yeah, mutant monsters running around. So yeah, yeah. No Man's Sky. By today's standards, I give it solid nine out of ten. That's a great. Yeah, if it released as is now, it would be like a critically acclaimed game. Uh, yeah. You ready for assholes? Yeah, let's do it. You want to do the short one or the medium one first? Uh, reader's choice. I got the medium one pulled up. I had it pulled. Am I the asshole for dropping off my sister's kid at the child-free wedding she was <laughs> To make a long story short, I, 25F, am a medical student. My free time is very limited, and I have lots and lots of... My sister is 33 and has three kids all under 10. She often expects me to babysit for her, which isn't the main problem. But she used... she drops them off at a random time with very short notice, or no notice. That... The other day, she called saying she was on her way to drop the kids off at my place because she was attending a, her friend's child-free wedding, and she couldn't take the kids with her. I had a huge argument with her on the phone because I had to study for my upcoming exam. But the next thing I know, the kids were at my doorstep and she was already back in the car and drove off with her husband. I was so pissed I couldn't handle it. I decided to get dressed 30 minutes later and take the kids uh, where their mom and dad were. I drove them to the wedding, which was at the mom's friend's house, and had them go in. The minute the door tried to stop the little kids, until my sister and her husband came rushing out. And my sister was shocked. She started shouting at me but I quickly got into the car and drove off. I went home and showed her calling me after she realized I wasn't going to pick up. She sent me a few texts calling me unhinged, a fucking bitch, for putting her in the situation and embarrassing her in front of her friends. She mentioned that by bringing the kids to the child-free wedding, I disrespected her friend, which affected their relationship and caused her and her husband to go home and miss out on the rest of the wedding. Her husband called later, and I picked up thinking he'd speak to me rationally like he always does, but he scolded me saying that it wouldn't hurt if I kept the kids for a few hours. And then expressed how disappointed he was for how selfish and petty I was to do this to my sister and her kids. Now I'm thinking I should have sucked it up for a few hours. Am I the asshole? I gotta say no. I gotta be like, I mean, definitely the right thing to do is to set this boundary before something like this happens. Like, if this is bothering you, you should be having this conversation consistently. And if you are being like, this is not cool, and they're still doing it but you're taking the kids because you love them or whatever, you know? Yeah. Then no asshole at all. But if you don't communicate that all, you're just like, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, I can keep them. It's fine. 
and then you kind of blow up and make this your statement without communicating that. I can kind of see that being an asshole. I think it's really funny, though, because she did say no. I can't watch your kids today. And the sister's like, too bad. And she said, Uno reverse, bitch. Too bad you watch your own kids. Yeah. Um, I like that. Uno reverse. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, whatever. It's, yeah, I don't think she's an asshole either. For more or less the same reasons that you just listed. I feel like it's very avoidable. It's one of those where it's like. Yeah, like, just don't do it. <laughs> just talk. Talk to each other. Communicate. Yeah. Pretend that you guys like were related at one point. People are. are ballsy though. Like the husband. Like I just I don't know. I can't really imagine a situation. The only situation I could imagine where I would like scold Bailey's sister is if like I can't even think of one. Like I just can't like I don't know. Like I don't I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I feel like that's weird to me. Like, if you you should handle that yourself. Like, I'm not going to call and, like, yell at your sister for you, you know? Mm-hmm. That's weird to me. I, uh, I, I run into the same issues with, you know, I have two sister-in-laws, one younger, one just a couple years older than me. Um, the younger one I'm very close with growing up. She, I was basically, like, a big brother to her. I've been in that little girl's life since she was 10, and I think she's like 21 now, which mm-hmm. is just... <laughs> uh, well, no, she's got to be older than 21. It doesn't matter. She's in her early 20s now, and uh, I remember playing with her and taking her out shopping, you know, just doing kind of like brother and sister shit. Brotherly activities. And then... There's the older one. Yep. For uh, reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I have no idea what you're about to say. <laughs> for, for, re- <laughs> for reasons of my own, I'm going to inherently keep to myself about my my whole opinion on all that. <laughs> but it That's, is... That uh, says it all. That says more than you ever could. <laughs> uh, let's just say it... It wouldn't end well if I, <laughs> if I took the reins on that. That's always been my wife's. You know, it's her sister. Right. It's her. It's her cross to bear, not mine. Can you handle this? <laughs> Nobody will like me if I handle it. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, your your whole family will just hate me if I go full color mode on this. So, no, uh, I'm thankful, man. Bailey's family is super chill. Keeps their space, doesn't bother anybody. I don't know if they're just like that way, or it's because I so openly cut my mom off that they they're like, "Whoa, whoa, we're uh, we're cool, we're cool, bro, we're cool." <laughs> but, <laughs> but they like they're chill. They're yeah, they don't bother anybody. They don't that's come probably, around too often. They just it's it's probably more if that's just the way they how are. they are. Yeah, way that's, different than my family. They actually like each other, spend time yeah. together and shit. How weird is that? It's quite literally how it is with my family versus Corinne's family. So. <laughs> like Thanksgiving at my house, everyone's like not talking to each other and we're all just like watching TV or whatever. Thanksgiving <clears> at their house, they all sit together and chat and catch up yeah. and ask <clears> how <throat> they're doing. Yeah. It was so it was so uncomfortable the first couple of years. 
I went oh. with her. I was like, what is going on? Is this real? Or are this they all is, being fake right now? It's a, it's a culture shock. I mean, <laughs> you, if you're not used to that type of environment, getting thrown into it is, uh, from what it's, as it's been explained to me, um, just very jarring because you're not used to it. Yeah, well, it's like my friend Robbie was really close with his parents. And they'd be like, you want to do something this weekend? You want to go do this or that? And he'd be like, no, I'm, I'm going on a trip with my parents or we have dinner plans or this or that. And I'm like, you guys are friends? You yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? They like you? What? Yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. Uh, here's the other one. It's pretty short. I feel like we've done one like this before. So sorry if it's similar. Mm. Uh, here. <laughs> we, we definitely have done like of the same variety. Am I the asshole for changing the lock after my husband gave his mom a, co- a copy of our new house key? No. Well, this sounds exactly <laughs> the same. Uh, have we done a house key one before? I, I don't know. It's just some like having have. major deja like vu. But, but this is posted one day ago, so it's... Oh, it's <laughs> new. Yeah. Or it's my a husband, repost. But yeah. Right. My husband and I are both 30s, purchased a new home together last month. His mom nagged us for a copy of the key, but it refused because in her old home, she kept letting herself in and invading our privacy. She begged and cried and even tried to send people at me to pressure me to agree, but I still refused. But later I found out that my husband gave her a copy. I was livid. I had the biggest argument with him because of it. He said that if it was done and that there was nothing he could do about it. I cried my eyes out in frustration, but then I contacted a locksmith and had the lock changed. My husband found out and went off on me saying I had no right to make such a decision on my own but I replied that he didn't consult me when he decided to let his mom have a copy of the key. I stated that I would not be living in paranoia in my own home anymore. He yelled at me asking what I should tell his mom and now then stormed off. His dad and the family do and started calling us petty, calling me petty and whatnot. He's refusing to speak with me unless I correct my mistake. Am I the asshole? I gotta go. I gotta go. No, there's so many red flags here. Like, she can't make that decision on her own. I don't know, man. Like she lives there too. If she wants to fucking have the locks changed, she can have the locks changed. Well, yeah. At the, at the end of the day, it's like your mother-in-law doesn't get to demand a key to your own home, right? Like, nah. And like here, I'll I'll put it to you this way: my parents and I have keys to each other's houses. They're not invites. Exactly, they're it's... there for in case of emergencies. Yeah. And if yes. that's what and if that's what mom in law wants it for, cool. But if she's begging, pleading for it, then there's the alter, you know, and, ulterior motives. Yeah, if she's proven the past, she can't respect that boundary, and she's just going to show up. Then yeah, no, you don't get oh, one. Fucker. Because it's like you can always let her in the house, but you can never take that key away. You can never stop her from getting in the house. You know, like. Oh, I'd find a way. Oh, yeah. Change the locks. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd find a way to just get the key back from her and be like, I'm revoking this from you. Oh, yeah. And hopefully oh, yeah. she it wasn't was... a psycho and made like six copies of it and hid them throughout their house. So funny. Like, you know, I know coming from me, I don't like my parents, my mom mostly, but whatever. Like, bro, stand up. Like, I know she's your mom, but stand up to her. Be like, sorry, I need that. I need that key back. I didn't consult my wife and it's not okay you know what you know what i mean yeah like, grow a set yeah what's yeah. you're a grown-ass man <laughs> like, it's it's tough it's tough to 
it's tough for people who have functioning relationships with their parents <laughs> that can't to... be a healthy relationship though just, i said fun i, I, I said just, functioning not healthy valid okay valid yeah um bad. so people who have functioning relationships as in they they talk frequently <laughs> they they see each other frequently they they know what they did the day before frequently um <laughs> you know i think What's it's that? It, it's a healthy it it, it can Debatable. be healthy <laughs> yeah yeah so you know just uh just be respectful oh, i i i get yeah i get that but like and he's like what should i tell her well like if if you're like if you're him and you've already just gave her the key and you're saying wife's the bad guy already just say what happened just say wife changed the key and she said no sorry you know what, you know what i mean like, yeah I just blame it yeah. on her if you're already be, being a like, dickhead about it but clustering yeah, and string right. mom along too like don't say you're gonna do one thing and then turn around and do another exactly. that, that's the worst um it's hard i think another point i kind of got a little scattered brain on my explanation back there but i'm having an epiphany <laughs> but the <laughs> the what i was saying about people with functional parental relationships is that even in adulthood they can sometimes come out of the woodwork with like like you feel like you still have to listen to them i i get that because i don't feel like i could tell my dad no I mean, for a lot, for some things, but something like that, I would feel like I'd be able to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But just like yeah. little things like, come do this. Well, thing, or, you, know, you, yeah. you on, on a very different level are not capable of telling your dad that he can't have a key <laughs> to that house. Because so. <laughs> uh, he quite literally fucking owns it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm lucky that he just doesn't. He never just like just shows up. Yeah, if he, he does, it's to like drop the knows, nail off, and he yeah, just he like knows, yeah. he knows he knows the boundaries. He's yeah, not there. Very to, respectable. Yeah, he's not there to you know police you or you know spy on what you guys are doing in your day to day lives. I mean, if he's helped, you know, if he comes around visits, that's great. You know, he he got a granddaughter that i'm sure he loves seeing and being around so two of them yeah, to be definitely. to be exact well, so. three actually because Haley has one too <laughs> yeah okay yeah. i always forget about Haley, but yeah i don't interact yeah. with her so yeah valid nobody does <laughs> <laughs> i come to think of it yeah does she even exist yeah is she, is she real that's funny um you got anything else no man, um, I think that's about it. I'm gonna say it again. We kind of, kind of had to pull pull a rabbit out of our ass on this it's, one, but it's been a week. It has, you know, life happens. But hey, hey, we showed up and we made a podcast. We we the, did the quality of it is debatable, but we made a podcast. We we did the thing. <laughs> I'm gonna say it again. If you're not on Spotify, please. It's so weird saying this. It feels so fake and gross, but I know it's important. If you're not on Spotify, please leave a review or, you know, give us a rating or something. It really helps boost the show and get it out there because 
in the podcast world, uh, unless you're posting on YouTube, which we don't do so much, there's next to no, uh, I can't think of the word, internal pushing of the podcast. Like, they don't do, like, there's no, the algorithms are different. They don't push content as much because podcasts are very niche and people either like them or they don't. Uh, but if you like it and you think we deserve it, give us a good review. Uh, if you like the show, tell a friend, tell your mom, tell somebody. Word of mouth is super great. Um, thanks for hanging out with us. You know, check the socials on Wise Analysis Pod. We're everywhere, always. Thanks. Bye. R.I.P. Coolio. <laughs>